Downpodders, we're in the car for an episode that we are calling Marillion Location. How about that for a pun? That is an excellent pun, Paul Rose. Today is the day of the big Aylesbury homecoming gig, so we thought we would take the opportunity to visit some key Marillion locations in and around Aylesbury. That's uh, exciting, isn't it? It is exciting. Have you ever been to any of these Marillion locations? No. I Well, apart from the Market Square, obviously. Right. Uh, and the Market Square, most of the key Marillion locations in the Market Square itself are no longer there. <laughs> oh. Uh, okay, then. Well, it was, you know, they did form, what, 40 years ago, something like that. Um, so we're currently heading towards our first location, which isn't in Aylesbury. It's, it's Berkhamstead. Ah, exciting. The site of the Berkhamstead Civic Hall. What ha- what ha- Paul's done a lot of research for a this A lot of research. I episode. hope you all appreciate it. If you'd like to support this podcast, www.patreon.com slash Mr. Biffo. Uh, yes, I had to, a lot of the time, for instance, like where band members live or lived, we're not stalking. Let's clarify that. Where they live. They often mentioned in interviews the, the, the street that they lived on, but not necessarily the house number. But I have managed to find all their house numbers. God, you're a proper stalker. Not no, that this is stalking. Hey, it's, it, look, if they want to mention it themselves, you know, this isn't because the information, you know, is on some database. It's because because over the years the band members have said where they lived so uh are you going to knock on the people's doors and say are you aware that such and no, such no, band no, member no no no, no. I'm, just gonna, I'm, no I'm just gonna break in <laughs> um i would like to dedicate this episode to my dad who died this week sadly uh he took me to my first ever marillion gig Aww. so uh he, ha- he hated Marillion, they weren't for him. <laughs> I don't think he hated them, Paul. Well, he only liked the one type of music, which was war movie themes. That was the one I thought type... he liked country music as well. Mm, don't know. He claimed once that he liked Frank Sinatra, but I don't remember li- him ever listening to Frank Sinatra, or indeed any music. The only albums we had in our house when I was growing up were various great war theme soundtrack albums. Uh, an Acker Bilk album and all my sister's Bay City Rollers albums. My dad, nah, he never listened to music. Never had a Frank Sinatra album in the house, so that was a lie. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so we're dedicating this to my dad, yes. Dennis Percy Rose. God bless him. Yes, his middle name was Percy, and yes, that is funny. <laughs> right, uh, we'll talk to you when we get to Berkhamstead. And apologies in advance, by the way, if this sounds like shit. <laughs> <laughs> what can we do? We're, we're in a car. We are in a car. With a, with a portable mic. Not in our usual custom-built plush studio. Without anchors above us. Yeah, yeah. So you're just going to hear the clanking of the car instead. Very pretty around here, wherever yes. we are. Yes, well, we're near we're near Hemel Hempstead. Oh, it's lovely. Well, this is the road to Aylesbury, but we're going to turn off it in a minute. Uh, yes, yeah, so you, you. This is an A road. This is the A41. This does, I believe, possibly go all the way into Aylesbury if we just stay on it. But we are coming off it. Yeah, the only other time I've been to Aylesbury, we've just gone down one big main road, which is this road, effectively. So we're, we're, we're aside from being in Marillion territory, we're very much in Stephen Wilson territory. Oh, does he live in Aylesbury? He lives in Hemel. 
Oh, he li- he lives in Hemel. Yeah, yeah, he's very very open about that. He he's lived in Hemel, I think, his whole life. In fact, we have something to talk about that when we get to Berkhamsted. Oh, that's oh. exciting. Um, yeah, we'll talk to you when we get there. All right. See you later. So by now, most of you know the set list that they've been playing on this tour. So skip the next five, ten minutes of this podcast if you don't want to know what they're playing. Um, they're doing, as we predicted, the whole of the new album in order. Plus the constants are. There have been a few other tracks thrown in. Uh, but we've also had somewhere else, which I was very happy about. Probably, yes, same. Aside from an hour before it's dark, that's probably the one I'm most looking forward to hearing just because it's so rare for them to play it. Then we get um, a kind of run of... Oh, we're in Berkhamstead. Sorry, just uh, noticed we've entered the town. Uh, then we get a run of, of Mad, Afraid of Sunlight, Great Escape. Nice. Then first encore seems to be New Kings. And nice. the second encore seems to be Sugar Mice. Wow. Right? That's a good set list. That is a great set list. I like the fact... I wonder if they'll play Market uh, Square Heroes because it's I in Aylesbury. I did wonder. I did wonder. They have done that before. I mean, it's very fitting, isn't it? I mean, they played a Garden Party one night, this tour. Oh, did they? Yeah, and they did the night before the Queen's funeral. They did play Estonia. They haven't played it since, which I thought was a, a good and sensitive move to not play it since no to play it the night oh, you know, to just oh, put it right. in because there yes. may have been some people there who were a bit upset about Queenie yes oh, there's a shop called Barber Lads <laughs> <laughs> hair boys <laughs> if I, 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 I want to retrain as a, a hairdresser so I can call myself hair boys um, right so we're in Berkstead I think this is the high street this is the site of the first ever Marillion gig. The street, the, the high street. Not, they didn't play on the high street. They did play in Watford High Street in the early days, funnily enough. Did they? On the back of a trailer, I think. What? As part well, of some arts festival. Where no they, way. Where they were supported by a magician that hammered nails up his nose. Um, so That's that, amazing. So the Civic Hall or Civic Centre is the site. We're coming up on it in a minute, I think. Keep an eye out for it. Did you go and see um, them in Watford when they were on the back of a trailer? Sonia, I would have been like 10 years old. Um, oh, OK. That was, so that, that was before it, you were a fan? Yes, before I'd even heard of them. Oh, there's a little market here, look. Oh, yeah. uh, so see. this was the line-up that... Um, I have it all in my bit of paper that's at your feet. Don't worry about getting it now. But it was the, the Mick Pointer, Doug Irving... Steve Rothery, um, I think Brian Jelliman lineup. It was the first gig after dropping the seal from Seal Marillion. Oh, was it the uh, first gig as Marillion? Marillion. So I think they played. Get oh, you're your getting it. Look, it will tell paper. you the set list as well. Uh, no, now that's that's page five, Sanya. You've missed, you left half of it on the floor. How was I meant to know? I didn't see any on the floor. What do you mean you didn't see any on the floor? I didn't see any bits of paper on the floor. Well, that's only page five. You must have left some of it on the floor, in the footwell. I mean, you can keep going through it, but I'm telling you... No, this is all there was in my bag. Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. Oh, 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 you found it. You found the other five pages. Mm. Uh, Paul was right. How about that? Um, Is this it here? That might be it. Oh, yeah, here we are. Civic Centre Berkhamstead. 
So would you like to know the set list? Let's hope I don't get car sick as I read. Yes, well we're driving very slowly along here. 1980 with Doug Irvin on bass and vocals, Mick right. Pointer on drums and flute. Yes, yes, he apparently. You didn't tell me he played the flute. He only played it a few times. We've got um, something else to say about Mick's flute playing later on. What did what did I he play? What we've songs been did past he? It now, uh, we've been past the civic oh, centre. Oh, we missed. Oh, there's a no, place called Tooth Club. Um, what songs did he play fl- flute on? I don't know. Maybe Lady Fantasy or something. But uh, anyway, the, yeah. So the Stephen Rothery on guitar and Brian Jellyman on keyboards. All right. Would you like to know the set list? Yes. We have number one, close. Close, close, close. Which, which close was um, the song that became the web. Ah, so that's interesting, isn't it? Even, Ooh, at their first well, even the lyrics. No, no, Fisher so just the music. The uh, yeah, it was um, it's very similar sounding. You, you, you ever listen to the demo? But uh, it, it's also interesting. I think the fact that they, from that very first gig they had a song that ended up on their first album yeah, yeah. That, that's bizarre you went quiet then for a second while you were processing what I said yes I did <laughs> alright so Close because I was trying to think if I've heard it and I think I might have heard Close who wrote the lyrics for I don't Close? know perhaps what's his name Doug Irvin did but he was um, he was quite a nasally vocalist I didn't dislike his vocals but uh, he was quite nasally yeah. Alright, so following close we had the tower. I believe part of the tower became Grendel. Nice. Oh, I want to listen to that now. Uh, then we had Hearn the Hunter. Uh, Did that become Gren- part of that become Grendel? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> and following Hearn the Hunter we had The Haunting of Gill House. Yes, not Hill House, but Gill, Gill House. Gill House. Or Jill House. Or Jill House. Nobody knows. So their first gig, they had dry ice that didn't stay on the ground where it was supposed to be, so they got obscured um, by the dry ice machine. So it wasn't a dry ice machine then, was it? It was a smoke machine. Oh, dear. So they played um, They played here. Oh, hey, sorry. <laughs> Try not to crash before. They played <laughs> here on the 1st of March, 1980. Ah, uh, yes, nice. And uh, Brian Jellyman says... I've just read that. I know it was cold, as the fog from the dry ice machine didn't I stay on the ground where it was supposed to just be. Just repeat what I've said. That's yeah, we, absolutely fine. You didn't quote him. Okay. The tower and a couple of long-forgotten trucks. All right. Yeah, yeah, blah, okay. blah, blah. Just repeating the information I memorised. The latter accompanied by explosions provided by Privet. As Privet Hedge, who was Marillion's sound guy for years, even into the H era. And he lived with the band as well in Aylesbury. Oh, really? Yeah. Anyway, Steve Rothery recalls, one of the flashes didn't go off, so he scraped the contents into another one. I don't know what that is talking about. He's talking about the explosion thing. He scraped the contents of what into another one? gunpowder. The contents of a toilet into another one. Into another what? (laughs) Into another pyrotechnic. What? Okay, that's so confusing when he let that one off there was a huge sheet of flame up my back that nearly blew me off the stage that was quite a first gig mm. that was just the toilet before <laughs> I, was, I was trying not to go there Paul that was the pre-gig curry 
On the performance itself, perceptions vary. Mick remembers little other than the reaction. Some guys came up and said, you guys are really excellent. You should be playing in London. I thought, if he says that on the first gig, well. You might not want to read because we're driving. Why are you reading? I don't you always get sick when you read in the car. Oh, well, it's a risk I'm willing to take. Anyway, we've stopped at traffic lights now. Rother's rosy memories include no fewer than six encores. Six? That's six? What a the hell lot. did they play? Did they just keep replaying the same songs? Well, he says, mind you, that could have been because they were all stoned out of their heads. Whereas early fan Mike Eldon remembers the audience, which included a 12-year-old Stephen Wilson... There you go. ...as being less than receptive. Mind you, that could have been because the audience were all stoned out of their heads. Ah, Stephen Wilson says, In March 1980, at the age of 12, I was at the Berkhamsted Civic Centre, just up the road from where I lived in Heavy where I lived in Hemel Hempstead to see the local punk group the Chilton Volcanoes right I'm just going to pause for a second while you swerve I've stopped swerving we're coming up to another light unbeknownst to me the band were the opening act for another local band for another local band playing their first ever show this band was called Marillion I was one of about 20 people to witness their show, which, needless to say, I loved. How insane is that? It is a bit bizarre, isn't it? Stephen Wilson. A 12-year-old Stephen well, Wilson. Yeah, who, who went on... What was he doing at a gig at that? Anyway, that's by the by. Uh, yeah, who became the other leading light of sort of modern prog. I know, prog pop. Prog pop. <laughs> uh, would be there. I mean, he... I, I don't think he became a fan from that day but he was uh, certainly a fan later on we didn't describe well he must have remembered them yes maybe um, we didn't describe the uh, what the hall looked like but it doesn't really matter does it it was just a stone building was it I didn't even get to see it we didn't stop we just kept driving down the main road well, that's because I was the oh, there high was traffic street. I had to keep there was cars behind me I couldn't stop I gotta I gotta pull over in a second there are lots of really nice houses around here. Yes, uh, that's by the by. What I will say now is we will talk to you again when we get to Aylesbury, where, which will be our next stop. Our next and final destination. Hopefully well, no, not final, final, final. No, let's hope not. Uh, let's hope we keep on having yes, destinations. We've been to the site of Meridian's first gig. Now we're at the site of their final gig. No, <laughs> no let's not <laughs> joke about day. that. Let us Their not joke first about and that. Last we don't want to joke about that. That's not even funny. Well, it could be for any sort of not reason. even funny. Right, I'm uh, cancel and delete everything. Yes. Uh, talk to you all in a minute. Ciao, ciao. So we're on the road to Aylesbury. We're actually in a place called Cow Roast. <laughs> never heard of that place before but we we're in that's the name of we're in cow roast that's the name of the area cow roast wow as in roasted cow we've just driven past the cow roast inn which looks like it's shut down yeah uh well Aylesbury of course is synonymous with music and particularly the Friars Club which shut down in 2009 after 30 years, something like that, which was basically a series of gigs that had various different homes until it got resurrected in 2009. The Waterside Theatre, where tonight's concert is, uh, is, is now home to the Friars. I mean, lots of different people played there. 
including friend of Marillion, John Otway. He was a, a, an Aylesbury Friars regular, I believe. Um, Genesis, they were played there in their early days. And of course, Marillion. And it's part of the reason why Aylesbury and... Is Aylesbury the home counties? I don't know. Well, you're asking the wrong person. Anyway, synonymous with prog. Cambridge, the Cambridge scene is another. Cambridge is another place that for uh, prog. Oh, so Aylesbury's is particularly synonymous so. with prog music. I think so. Um, I mean, there's a big statue which Marillion, or I think Hogarth. Uh, sorry, Steve Hogarth H. Um, helped unveil of David Bowie in the town Market Square. Oh wow! The Market Square, because um, Mark. Um, Aylesbury is an old market town. So he's it's a, very ancient Aylesbury, you know. Is it? Yeah. So um, David Bowie is now a market square hero. Yes, well done. Thanks. Well done. I think I think there was a bit of a campaign to get the statue uh, put up because I don't think Bowie uh, really played there very often. I think I think he did play either the first or the last show of his Ziggy Stardust tour. Did he come um, from the area? No. Oh, well then why do they have a statue of him? Well, a few people did raise this. I think it was meant to just symbolise, well, commemorate his passing, but also to symbolise just the town's musical heritage. They could have had a statue of each of the members of Marillion. Well, yeah, particularly as they all sort of live in the area still, because the racket club is just outside. Um, we may drive up to it. We obviously won't be going in. I have been in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What's funny about that? I don't know. It was a or was smug, that an I'm, evil laugh? It was a smug laugh. Someone on Reddit called me smug this morning. Uh, Why were you on Reddit again? No, I was having a look to see what they said about Cheap Show. You know, Cheap Show you know show. that's a mistake. Oh, I know they hate me. Cheap Show fans hate me. Why? Cheap Show's our friends' podcast, and I appear on it sometimes. And every time I do, the 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 fans on Reddit uh, moan about me. I was not funny. Uh, I'm not funny, apparently. And also, I'm smug. You know not to look on there, though. No, you know, you obviously don't know not to look on there. They're always nice about you. That's lovely. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) It's lovely for me. (laughs) Anyway. But but uh, smugness is part of your... Is it? Character. Is it? Not character. Not like your real, true life character. It's part of your comic persona. Is that's what, you're trying, what to I'm say. trying to say. Is it? Is it not? Sometimes. Okay. Not always. Smug. I don't really know what smug means. Self-satisfied. You're not really. Oh, actually, no. You're not smug. You're not smug. It's not really what this episode's meant to be about. No, I don't anyway. know why we're talking about this. Because <laughs> I did a smug laugh. Um, deliberately smug laugh. I'm deliberately smug. Well, yeah, that's what I meant. It's like part of an act. Right. You're not like naturally smug in real life. The Ampod, colon, intentionally smug. <laughs> 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 Never knowingly not smug. <laughs> um, lovely day today, by the way. I know, it's beautiful. Nice day for Meridian's final ever gig. Stop, can you not say that? It's not it's not good luck to say that. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe they'll go on forever now. Yeah. So the place we're heading to next uh, doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't let us put it in the sat nav. No. No, it was a, a pub called the Britannia where Marillion 
prior to getting involved with the uh, the friars and getting a uh, support slots with friars they often played at the Britannia in fact it was meant to be the site of Fish's first gig with the band after he joined uh, but the gig got cancelled but they did carry on playing there quite a lot ah. in the early days it was sort I just of... had a thought should we be saying all of this when the cars stopped so that there's not the sound of the engine too late now too late now this is all <laughs> it's too late I've started I'm not repeating myself we're going to get there and you're going to have nothing else to say I'll describe the, the empty space where the pub used to be Okay. <laughs> whatever's on the site it's just a stopping off point on the way to our first proper destination oh. the places we've been so far they're, they're pre-destinations yeah. the other ones we will stop outside Okay. This is all, you know, driving kind of atmosphere. And these are these are on the way. Yes, on Marilly on the road or on Marilly on on location. location. Well, no, well, this is Marilly on the road, and then when we get to the proper locations, then it becomes okay. Marilly on location. Didn't need qualifying, but yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> hey, everyone, because um, we've had a shit week, I'm gonna get really drunk tonight. <laughs> He is, and I've promised to be his caretaker because I'm scared of hangovers. Yeah, well, we're seeing him in in uh, Hammersmith next week, so I don't, I, you know. I, so I, you don't need to remember tonight. <laughs> That's what you're going to say, isn't it? That's literally what you're going to say. <laughs> that was where the thought process was going, and then I stopped myself. I need, I need to coin a phrase, a release. Ah. What a shame they're not playing it, apparently. Well, you never know. You never know. God, we're 23 minutes away. We were it's 20... a 15 minutes. Yeah, I know, it said 15 minutes a minute ago. And then it made us turn around. Was I not paying attention? I've missed a turning. Oh, maybe. Oh, well. That's oh, what happens when you it's podcast. Not, it's not talking car. to you us, You know, though. I should have stopped so that, you know, I didn't miss turnings and that they didn't have the car noise in the background. Why didn't you tell me to do that? <laughs> I only, only <laughs> thought of it halfway through. I need a wee. <laughs> Welcome to our car journey. Yeah, I haven't got any sweets either. Oh, I literally just had that thought. No sweets, no toilet. I, yeah, I haven't even got an empty sweet bag to pee in. Paul! <laughs> like I normally do. That's horrible. <laughs> like I normally do. That's really disgusting. Is it? You don't do that. Like, if no, anyone that's actually, the I hope no one believes you. Empty sweet or crisp packet for wheeze, tube of Pringles for poos. Well, it should be the other way around because no. poos are solid so they won't fall out as easily from an empty crisp packet. Well, yeah. Whereas a uh, wee uh, needs uh, to be uh, contained uh. with a lid. Pringles tubes are made of cardboard. Yes, they are but not, they are not structurally it's waxed, sound. It's waxed cardboard so it could short term I'll show you. hold I'll some weight. I'll show you how, how wrong you are. Well, you won't because you don't like Pringles. Also, also, also Pringles um, tubes have a lid on them. So. Well, that's why it's better for wee. Just, just wrap Ooh, the they're top growing up. Christmas trees now here. Who are? In this little place. That's early. Mm. Well, it's not early to grow them, I suppose. No, it's September. Yeah. It's, uh, the, it's the end of September. This is, this is like being on a road trip with your parents, isn't it, everyone? <laughs> <laughs> How much longer? Shut up! <laughs> I feel sick. <laughs> Shut up! Welcome to Aylesbury. Well, I'm not allowed to say no. something. <laughs> It, it, it's the site uh, or the town that Sanya and I, appropriately enough, 
had had a, a big first. <laughs> Paul. Uh, so we're heading to. The s- I hope you, no. You start that again. We're in Aylesbury now. And we're heading to the site of the Britannia Pub, where the band, as I already said, played many gigs. Uh, this was also where Pete Bravas, who was a member of, uh, I think, a few local bands at the time, first saw Marillion play. And as he recalls, uh, he was impressed with Fish's stage presence. Oh, there's someone on a funny bike. Not even a clown. Uh, but he was impressed by Fish's stage presence. Apparently the ceiling was so low that Fish had to stoop to Get fit out. on the stage. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And that impressed Pete? Well, it impressed upon him how tall Fish was, particularly ah. as Pete, you know, don't forget how he comes up to Fish's knees. His stage presence, <laughs> literally. Yeah. He took up the whole stage. Pete Proudfoot from Avis. <laughs> Paul. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the Britannia as well. I mean, this was back in the day when Marillion were full on with their theatrics, which uh, some of you may recall. Did they wear capes? They Is wore, that right? They wore fri- monks. Sort of monks' robes, which I did read something that actually was um, partly as a nod to the friars because... Uh, oh, nice. You know, the, so was the friars club set upon an old monastery or no. something? No. Oh, they've got electric scooters. Right. Um, no, no, it wasn't. But um, but yeah, back in the day, they, they apparently they bought a load of secondhand stuff from Hammer, who Hammer who used to make horror films, uh, and they had a load of secondhand uh, crucifixes and uh, gravestones. And Holy stuff. apparel. And Fish, of course, once Garden Party was in the set, he would uh, mix ketchup and vinegar and he would have it hidden inside the cucumber and then slice the cucumber open so that his fake blood dripped out oh, with wow. the stench of ketchup and wow. vinegar which would make me wretch as we established on the podcast well, you could actually smell it in the audience I wasn't there but no fish paddy did smell it, of it a bit because we'd get all over him and he didn't like it I don't know whether he liked why you ask what a weird question I said I didn't wouldn't have liked it oh yeah you wouldn't have that's for yeah, sure that, unfortunately history doesn't record where the fish would, would massacre a cucumber and then and go, then go oh, 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 oh yuck oh. why'd I do that no, I'm such an idiot <laughs> so we're very close now there's not going to be anything to see well, we'd like to see what is on that site now. Nothing. I don't think we'll know because the street numbers only went up to two. Yeah, they did. And the original site was meant to be number nine. Yes. What's the road called? Buckingham Road. Uh, all the locations we're visiting, they're not going to be in chronological order, apart from obviously the first place we visited in Berkhamstead. This is because I've tried to plan us a route that is the most logical. Um in terms of sort of distances from from everywhere so i think this is actually the road that it was on i may be wrong but i think it is yeah uh is this buckingham road i can't see any road signs i think it is uh, yeah yeah buckingham road there it right, is so this is the site of uh wow it's really nondescript basically just a main road there is a pub over there that's the horse, the and, horse jockey. and jockey no the, the britannia has been knocked down uh but yeah, to describe it, it's just a bog standard. It's quite a large road, but it it's looks just like a... any other main road in Britain. There's a chicken shop, uh, a booze shop, a uh, hair and yep, beauty salon, license. hair by Kelly, Mark Kelly, maybe. That's ironic. 
Do you think it's his family? <laughs> no, I very much doubt it is. <laughs> no, his family, his family are Irish, aren't they? They might have moved. To well, they did move to Aylesbury. They're not here. No, it's it's. It doesn't matter. Right. Uh, I'm going round. So if we can see any building numbers. Yeah. So what's that there on our left? Uh, what's that? Church. Don't think that's a very strange-looking church. If it's a church, it looks well, more like a car a dealership. It's a car a... dealership. That's not a church. Right. So that's number. This is two hundred and seventeen. Okay. Two hundred and thirteen. Okay. Right. We're heading in the right direction. Okay. Good. Good. That's another pub. The New Zealand. The New Zealand. I mean, I imagine fish drank in all these. Let's face it. How close are we to the centre of town? Pretty close, I think. All their their homes are sort of just around, slightly outside, but um, yeah, they were Aylesbury residents. I mean, right up until I think really um, the sort the late eighties post. I don't know if anyone, any of them, were still living in Aylesbury in 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 clutching at straws days, but they were certainly living in Aylesbury or at least Fish was during the misplaced era because we're going to visit the house where he first came up with the idea for misplaced childhood. I think we went past someone in a Meridian t-shirt. Well, quite possibly. There's a big gig here tonight. And he was... He looked like he might have been looking for his hotel. Okay. Good for him. Uh, I don't know if we're still on Buckingham Road. Maybe. Let's keep going. Oh, watch out for this fellow in a mobility scooter. Off you go. That's Buckingham Street. That's Buckingham Street. That... Doesn't that still look is like, Buckingham Road, I think. Does it? The street sign looks a bit too small, to a bit too short to be Buckingham Road. Oxford uh, Road. Right. Okay, right. Well, we're off. Of, we, we didn't see the site. Doesn't matter. Pub's not there. So, um, we're, I'm going to pull over to reprogram the sat nav or reprogram you, the gene. Very good. Uh, the gene PS. <laughs> oh, Sandy, you're laughing at that silently so um, that no one can hear how funny I am. <laughs> it's okay, you're laughing loudly yeah, enough. In a smug way. <laughs> I really need a wee. I just wanted to read a quote from Pete about uh, the Britannia pub. He had blood capsules and all that kind of stuff, and they put on a good show considering it was a pub. I could see they needed a bit of work on them. Oh, Pete. <laughs> but I thought they had something. Fish certainly had a presence. You couldn't stop watching. Yes, I said all that, didn't I? Remember? I wanted to hear it in Pete's words, though. Do it in Pete's voice. <laughs> I don't know his it voice. Is. I've never heard his Fish voice. Fish had presence. That's how he... You have heard his voice. Don't... I've never heard his voice. Never heard him speak. Is that because uh, it's too high pitched for you to <laughs> oh, to register? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Are we near the venue? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're just basically driving around the outskirts of the town centre. Ah, is it in there? Huh? Is that the venue? No, the venue's here, up ahead. Oh, there it is. Right, so we're driving past the Waterside Theatre. Fancy venue. You've been there before. I know, but I've never in daylight. I've never seen it in daylight. Is it Forty-nine million pounds or something it cost. Wow. Uh, yeah. Nice, eh? Yeah. They got Jersey Boys coming up. They do. And Blood Brothers. Yeah, Blood Capsules. And thank you for the music. Blood, blood Capsules thank in Cucumbers. Thank you for the music. The songs I sing in. 
so where are, you, where are we heading to next Paul? This uh, is one of the places that Fish and I think some of the band lived at the Winchester house where Fish and Brian Jellyman and his girlfriend lived while Fish worked at the benefits office. Now the benefits office of course is where he was working when he was inspired to write He Knows You Know. That's right. That's oh, right. that was in Aylesbury. Yeah. Oh, I don't know why. I always thought that was in Scotland. No, no, no. It was while because, you know, all of them I think apart from Rothers had day jobs. Oh, wow. And the reason I think why Brian Jellerman left is because I think he hit 25 and he decided, that's it, I haven't made it as a musician. Right. At that point. What did he go on to do? Brian Jellerman? Mm. I don't know. What? <laughs> I don't know. You don't, what? Well, I don't know. He wasn't oh, in Marillion well, after that you point. You usually know all these things. Well, he didn't kind of continue a sort of music career in any kind of way that... But you know that one of the drummers, I think, was it, became an... Was it an electrician or something? Well, yeah, but that's because that drummer was Mick Pointer. Correct. Yeah, who was like a key member of Marillion and played on script for just a say. I'm not really interested in Brian Jellyman that much. That's so cool. Well, okay. I'm sure his family love him. Paul! <laughs> what? He's, um, he's a, a, an important, crucial part he of Marillion's history. I'd love to interview him one day. Anyway, the benefits office is also where Fish used to use his desk phone to book gigs. Oh, did he ever get of, caught? I don't know. I don't know how long he was there for. Can you imagine Fish working in a benefits office? Uh, yeah, I can, actually. Really? Yeah, I can. Explain that. I don't know, I can just, I can imagine him working in a benefits office. And I can imagine, like, he'd be kind of good at his job, but he'd hate it. Right. He'd be one of those people that's like, yeah, I'm here, I've got to do what I have to do, but I can't wait to get out of here. Okay. That's just what I imagine. Could be wrong. So He might, he might have loved it. So where we're going, uh, Winchester House, the balcony of the flat that they lived in, uh, used to have uh, an alien hanging from it that they they picked up when they bought all those props, right? And crucifixes and things hanging outside. Uh, so it sounds like our house. <laughs> yes, it does. They're not props <laughs> from our religion. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, a couple of. Gold. You're talking about the aliens, not the crucifixes. Yeah. Got the gold lions there outside that house. Oh, maybe some rock stars live there. Or do you reckon those are marillions? Oh. <laughs> All right, that's a good one. That's a good one, is it? Well, look at that boy looking at us. He's like, what are they doing? Oh, he's got a dog. He's got a dog. boy with a dog in We're the, jealous. In the car. Hello, boy. Hello, boys. Right, so... Hello, um dogs. Yeah, we'll talk more when we get to Winchester House. All right. Well, here we are in Bishop's Walk in front of the balcony that Fish and Brian Jellyman and Brian Jellyman's girlfriend used to hang crucifixes and aliens from. Yes, and there are indeed balconies. It was one of those ones up there. That is amazing. We are looking at history right now. Yeah, it's, we've, a, it's a really nondescript we've, we've taken We've taken a photo, which Paul's going to put up on... Facebook. Facebook. So I've got this little uh, little quote about the time they lived here from Diz Minute, who, of course, as we know, came down from Scotland with fish and was for a time the bass player. 
the bass player who they fired, which partially inspired Assassin. Oh, right, that's right. So Diz says, we had four gravestones on stage. Two had the same name on because one had a crack in from being struck by lightning in whatever Hammer House of Horror film it was used in. Those two had arch tops, can't recall the name. The other two were made from wood that had then been plastered and painted grey. The more we used them, the more they fell apart. Hence, I suspect, why we decided to get rid of them. We used to have a six-foot black cross as well, which originally came with a hook so it could be hung upside down. Then, of course, there was the plastic rubber plant that Fish dismembered every show. We had other special effects that we never used. Was lead... it, hang on, was it the same plant, or did he have, like, a collection of rubber plants? The plastic rubber plant. The... So they ha- he dismembered it and then put it back together yeah, again? Yeah, just pull off the... the ah, uh, uh, Nero was thinking he was dismembering a real plant. They did on the result for the script, but they had a bigger budget by that point. Uh, we had other special effects that we never used. A lever for the lightning scene out of one of the Frankenstein films and also a large electrical device, which was effectively two squash bottles cut in half and the top half stuck end to end. Uh, oh, and the alien creature that for a while we had hanging from the outside balcony at 13 Winchester House. Oh, so it was just an alien they had hanging out of the balcony. Yes. Not an alien and crucifixes. Although Fish said apparently the police station is around here somewhere and he said he was amazed that they were never raided because of all the weird shit that they would carry inside <laughs> and stuff uh, again sounds like our house yeah so this is it's it's really nondescript council style housing i suppose nice enough it's fine quiet little back street could you imagine the nightmare living next to i bet they had some parties I oh bet, i bet they were noisy and i bet it stunk of weed <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. So, the next place we're going to is a special one for you, Sanya. Is it? Yes, it's where Pete was auditioned. (gasps) That's so exciting. Let's go. What's the place called? Victoria Street. Excellent. See you in Victoria Street. See you in Victoria Street. There it is, everyone. The police station. Yes, we've just set off from Winchester House. Uh, Waited for half an hour behind a parked car. Because Paul thought it was turning. Well, they shouldn't have parked on the corner. Anyway, and there's the police station that Fish mentioned. Yeah. Right next to us. No wonder he was scared. It's literally across the road. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. Surprised they didn't nab him for being a Satanist. Was really? he a Satanist? Fish wasn't. <laughs> No, but because of the crucifixes and well, stuff. Well, they could have been Christians. Not only Satanists have upside crucifixes. Upside down black crucifixes. Well, it's not upside down when you're carrying it, is it? Well, you might you want to carry it the right way up. It was designed to be upside down. Well, they might have been carrying it horizontally, which would be an easier way to carry it than a weird thing to, for us to be arguing about. What a stupid argument. I didn't start it. Well, actually, actually, I did. Actually, I did. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, so where we're going now is um, Pete was in a band called the Metros, which famously were a bit of a pop band. Uh, for a time, somebody may remember he was known as Pete True. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. I forgot about that. How can I forget a name like that? He was also in another band called Orthy, which I think Orthy had a bit more of a brog leaning. Right. But Marillion were looking for a new bassist. They hadn't fired Diz Minute yet. Diz had gone on holiday, and while Diz was away... The Cats will play. Yes, which is a... Which is a a euphemism for Fish planning to fire... On how to fire him. Yes, yes. Literally, you know, 
being the assassin, I don't know if he had a tongue forged from eloquence, he was probably just like, yeah, yeah, shit, fuck off, mate. Um, fire his best friend out the band, my God. So, yeah, so they secretly auditioned Pete, and then, uh, as the story goes, they uh, fired Diz, not after a gig, but before a gig. Um, and we're hope for, hoping, I imagine, that Diz would play the gig. Which, why uh, would he? Why would he? But no, Diz just left and... Left them without a bassist. Without a bassist. They played their first ever gig without a bassist and as a four-piece. Oh, dear. <laughs> Before Pete joined. So we're going to go to the house, which I think might have been Mick Pointer's place, but various band members lived there at certain points, where Pete was uh, auditioned in the garage. Might nice. not have been Mick Pointer's place. I can't read the thing. This is the This is the street. This is it. This is it. What number is it? 26. 26. Right. This is um, very old houses, kind of a terraced housing. So... 28. 28. Oh, we've gone past it. We're going to get out, shall we? 32. We've gone yeah. past it. Okay, I'm going to pull over. If I can here. Yeah, I can pull over here. Hey, everyone, you can hear me parking. How exciting. Right. Let's go and have a look at the house. That Pete well, I think built. before we before we look at the house that Pete built, let's read. He didn't build it. He was just auditioned in the garage. Let's read a quote by Fish okay. from the time where he said, "We couldn't have a band with passengers." The band had come to me and said he wasn't good enough. That's Diz talking about Diz. I couldn't argue my corner. I don't think. Sorry, I couldn't argue my corner. I don't think the band would have happened. Like you right there? <laughs> Start again. There's weird, com- <laughs> There's weird commas in this sentence. This is, this is from John Collins' book, Separated Out, which uh, I recommend. It's a very good book, and I mentioned it several times, he says, smugly. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start again. The band had come to me and said he wasn't good enough. I couldn't argue my corner, I don't think. The band would have happened like it did with Diz still in it. Did that make sense? Yes. That was a that was a tough for me. Okay, there's some editing needed here. <laughs> Did you just copy and paste? Yeah, from wherever. I think this was on. Um, was it Moraine.de? It's a Marillion early '80s setlist site. That was tough for me. I think maybe he meant that was a tough decision for me. Or just tough for me. He was one of my best friends. Meanwhile, not so much passenger but driver, Guy, was realising that his own time with the band had reached the end of the road. With the numbers of gigs, I was finding it more and more difficult to get time off. I should explain who Guy is. The driver. He's not just a guy. He was was basically Marillion's manager and general purpose roadie. He was a manager. Well, he was everything. Oh, wow. He sometimes, depending on what was needed, described himself as manager. Right. Um, a guy has sort of been lost to history. I don't think people know Guy's surname or whatever. He's just been forgotten. Do you know his surname? No, no. We no just one know even knows this, his surname. this guy called Guy. Oh, my God. I wonder if um, Steve Rothery knows his surname. Well, probably. He must do. Probably, because he lived with him We need stuff. to ask him one day. <laughs> anyway, Guy continues. Besides, once the band had found an agent and then a manager, I was becoming more and more sidelined. And that was that for Guy. Well, almost. He went on to perform a similar similar role for Andy Glass's band Solstice. 
So there you go. Well, that's not really the bit we should have been reading, but Isn't that's it? fine. What, no. what bit should we have been reading? The next bit, <laughs> which relates to the location we're at. <laughs> Why would... Right, which I'll read. Fish right. heard about a pop band called the Metros who were on their last legs, but also had a pretty good bassist. He turned up, Fish's Fish, turned up at a Metro's gig at the King's Head in Aylesbury. We're going to be going there, I think. Uh, in fact, a leaving party for the bar staff before the place shut down for refurbishment. To quote the then bassist for the Metro's, Peter of Arras, there was quite a big occasion being made of it. We did a whole evening of rock and roll, which seemed to go down quite well. Rock and roll. The, the stout Scott chatted to the diminutive bassist about Marillion's predicament. Fish played his cards quite close to his chest, explains Pete. He told me that they'd held some auditions, but he wasn't sure how it was going to go. They had a tour coming up, and he was asking me if I knew of anyone. Pete, who had already seen Marillion play, as we know, at the Britannia, mm-hmm. uh, quite fancied the job for himself. He said, I'd been into pop and new wave, as that's where the work was, but Marillion were very different. Despite being unsure if he would be taken seriously, or if Marillion would be taken seriously, as he remarks, I wasn't sure there was room for it in this day and age. Pete asked for an audition. I felt they were going places just purely because of the way they acted and put themselves across. Whilst Diz was on holiday with Helen, that was his girlfriend stroke wife, Pete was secretly auditioning in the garage at the back of Victoria Street. The audition was a bit uncomfortable, remembers Pete. I had very short, slightly red hair at the time and was red <laughs> was wearing white trainers, which was a bit of a no-no. They asked me what music I was into. I told them that I'd been listening to Haircut 100 and their eyes got wider and wider. If I'd said that I'd had a load of caravan, Pink Floyd and Genesis in my collection, maybe they would have taken me a bit more seriously. Pete pressed on regardless, plugged in, uh, he recalls being told you can use Dizzy's amp, he won't mind, and started tuning up. That's awkward. Uh-huh. We were so impressed by his tuning up that we gave him the gig there and then, remembers Mark. Nearly true. The boys had one more person to see, but Pete was pretty much in. The decision was made in a well-concealed pub at the end of an alley off the market square known as the Dark Lantern. We decided to go to a pub we'd never been to before so we wouldn't meet anyone we knew, recalls Mark. Ironically, it was here that he bumped into Susie Coleman who would become his future ex-wife. She came over because she recognised fish, says Mark. Right, let's go have a look at number 26. What kind of music did Haircut 100 play? La 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 plus one. Very different to Genesis. Fantastic day. Oh, I love it. Love it. Right, let's go and have a look. All right. So here we are standing in front of number 26. I can't remember the street. Victoria Street. Victoria Street. Look at you trying to be an on-the-spot reporter. Why are you talking like that? Because we're out in public and I'm trying to be a bit discreet. <laughs> well, you put the microphone at me like I'm a talking head. We're outside the house where Pete auditioned to be in Meridian. It was owned by, I think it was rented by Diz and his wife and Mark lived there for a time. It's a really nice house. So they auditioned to Pete at the house that Diz has rented. Oh, that's so <laughs> awkward. And let him use his amp and yep. said he won't mind yep. I bet he did mind but he did mind you can blame Mark for oh, that that's he let, he so let him awkward in. Mark let him in what a, what a bastard I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm cringing so much right now for Diz apparently it was Mark's idea to get rid of Diz oh was it yeah I I can't re- I mean I remember reading about it in Mark's autobiography but I can't remember the details anymore well yeah uh, 
they told Mark that he had to go and fire Diz, and then Fish said, I'll come with you as he's my mate, and then Fish did the firing. Because <laughs> oh. he loved it. Oh, so awkward. So anyway, there's, there's no garage directly behind number We've 26. We've found some garages behind. We've found some garages in front. Wait, and is that right? Some, let's have yeah. a look down here. All right, let's have a look down here. So we're going to go and have a look. I don't know if they're garages or... Well, well we found a, a couple... Sorry about the wind. We found a couple down the, the road. going to be blowing on that. Oh, there's the one there. there. Could be that. Could be that one. Could be the ones we saw. Yeah, could be the ones we saw. All right, let's get back in the car. Actually, there is a kind of garage at the back. No, that's, that's, that's an extension. New. That's an extension. Can't oh. really park a car in extension. No, you can try. Do your best. But you'll ruin your house. Yeah, well, there we go. That's Lovely. another one. Another one ticks off. Yeah. Yeah. So this now that we're in is Albert Street. 18 Albert Street is the house that Fish lived in after they came off tour uh, from Fugazi. Um, it's also where the origins of Misplaced Childhood were born. The oh, wow. That, is this the acid trip house? This is the acid trip house. But more than that, just behind these trees in front of us, Sanya, mm. is a canal. And that is the canal from the Miss Crawls from the canal like some primordial phantom of romance. No. While your carnation will rot in a vase. Ew. Well, you've, you've heard the album. Oh, carnation. What I, did you think I said? What? I don't know. My brain was playing tricks okay. on me. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I got really confused. Let me read from my notes uh, before we go and have a look at the house. So Fish said, I've been paying the price. My big on-off relationship had finally bit the dust, left behind in a haze of exhaust fumes as I careened off in search of my elusive grail. These are from the sleeve notes of um, the script remaster. I was off balance and quickly lost in a depraved wilderness in which I soon made a home. The touring lifestyle fed my addictions on every level. And when the bus dropped me off at my newly acquired house in Albert Street... Ah. Aylesbury, I found myself very alone and dislocated from all the distractions that had fed my desire to escape commitments, responsibilities and realities. I reverted to type and the White Swan pub, which we're going to have a look at, it's not there anymore, but we're going to have a look, became an annex to my house. A whirlwind of very temporary and physical relationships blew quickly away and I was faced with long periods of quite empty days and very dark nights. An envelope arrived one of these days Inside, there was a short letter from an old girlfriend with the recommendation to digest the accompanying contents, a tab of very strong acid. Wow. Not having indulged for a while, yeah, right, uh, I swallowed a cautious half and after a few hours and with a pleasant euphoria, I took the other, setting off on my bike to Steve Rothery's house. Very oh, bad mistake. Oh my goodness, I can't believe he did that. But it was that acid trip that gave him the starting point of the lyrics for misplaced childhood. So an an irresponsible move by him, but we're all grateful for it. Yes. Um, now, apparently, this is uh, from Meridian Explanation of Song Elements. Um, apparently, Fish mentioned in Fish on Friday. God forbid that we're mentioning anything Fish says on Fish on Friday in case he, he tries to get this podcast banned, but whatever. Um, the, the canal in question is the one behind the Waterside Theatre in Aylesbury, which is the Aylesbury Arms section of the Grand Union Canal. Fish's house was in Albert Street near the A41 to Tring, and his route into town would take him over the canal. So the canal's I, just I, there. But I, 
I don't know if it is there because well, I, I thought. Have a look at our. Have a look at our GPS. It looks like there's the back of a car though. Look. There is. Just okay. The, the trees behind the car. There's the canal. Oh, further back. Yes, obviously not. Okay. All right. Okay. Why you question my? Look at the map. Look at you I can don't see it on the map. the map. Like that blue line is a is a is a canal. How am I meant to know that? It's just a line. Blue. There's, a, there's an orange line there. Is that it's, like right? Is water piece, orange? Is that a it's piece water, of marmalade? Is water orange? Is water orange? No, it's not blue either. Is, is is orange the universal colour for water? Okay. I didn't think the orange line was water. Also, the orange line's got A41 written on it. <laughs> okay, what are you going to say for yourself? I'm not going to say anything. Right, let's go and have a look at Fish's old house where All he right. took drugs and uh, wrote misplaced childhood. We'll thank the house for existing. Oh, we can't go up there. Oh. Okay, we'll go round. All right. Uh, it's a long street. Yes, Fishy's Street is a long street. It's again be similar to the one where Pete was auditioned, where Diz lived. Uh, terraced houses. Not very exciting, really. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's quite. It's a cute little area. Quiet, yeah. quiet back streets. Not very rock and roll, though, are they? They're more sort of, you know, retirement homes. Yeah, I, I, they're not very rock and roll at all. No. The least rock and roll place they might have been the flat where uh, they hung the alien. Outside. No, that was rock and roll. Was it? Yes. That was it? The no. flat was rock and roll. Was it? The flat looked like somewhere you can imagine students or young people. It was living. more studenty. But these, this little, this area, this area we've just been in, where Fish wrote Misplaced Childhood or started to, is a very kind of sensible area. Yes. Right, here we are, Albert Street. We're driving down it because we were parked up the wrong end and it's a one-way street. It's very narrow. Oh, look, Gill Cottage. Do you reckon that was the song? The Haunting of Gill House was named after Get that. Get out of here. I wonder, Jesus, this is narrow. My God. Oh, it's so narrow. My God. No wonder they've got all their wing mirrors in. Very pretty. Uh, number two. Number 19. 19. Oh, is this it? No. It'll be this side, won't oh, it? Oh, that's six, though. 21. What is going on? 14. It'll be this side. 18. 18. There it is. <gasps> there it is. It's With nice big windows. Door. Gorgeous big windows. Yeah. It's where fish live. Wow. Misplaced childhood began in that house. How weird. Well, fish was off his face. God, how weird. That's a weird thing to think. That isn't is it? really, really weird. That's it's a bit surreal. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the canal down here, which we can't see because it's too far away. Well, it's not too far away. We just couldn't get beyond the fence. We, I mean, we couldn't even see it. We probably couldn't see it. Could we? We probably could if we tried a bit harder. But unfortunately, when we got out of the car, it was like, how how long do we can go to our hotel? Because I really need a wee. I really need a wee. I just need to do a wee, and then we can go and look at the other places. Someone was saying that the whole time we were trying to look for the canal. Well, I'm, and I felt a bit under pressure. All my brain power is being used <laughs> for that at the moment. You could, have, you could have peed in the canal, like fish used to, probably. No, it's too far away. You can't even see it's it. It's not from far where we away. It was literally on our it. map. Just you could see it on the map. You can't see it. We, you could, we could it have was found, too far away in real life. We could life. have found a path, which that it, probably takes you over the canal. It does. It's there. How do you know? Because I do. We can look. No, because we'll get out of the car and you'll start whining about needing a wee I again. won't even mention it. 
Right, anyway, the next house is the one that I think Rothers lived at with Privet Hedge. Is that his real name? No, his name's Chris. Chris Hedge. Uh, a Privet Hedge. You know what a Privet Hedge is? It's I, a type of hedge. I have no idea. So Privet was his nickname. Ah. Yeah. I didn't even know there were types of hedges. Um, so I don't know if this is the house Rothers was living at when, when Fish off his face cycled there to go, oh, I've written our new album. Um, in so voice. in my head, when you told me this story originally, Which story? When, when we were covering Misplaced Childhood, the story of Fish cycling to Rothers' oh, yeah. house, it was a, like a 45 minute to one hour bike ride. <laughs> they all lived in Aylesbury. Yeah, I'm starting to see that perhaps it wasn't as far as it, it had been in my imagination. Yeah, it might not have been this house. Rothers might have moved by then. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but this house, uh, if you remember, their tour, uh, their first big tour, the Saliva Tears tour, which no one really seems to know what that meant, which had an image of an eye and a hand, and the eye was crying and the hand was catching it or something. Or there's a mouth in there. Or the eye was in a mouth. Right. Crying. And there was a plant growing. Anyway, that image. Um, this house that we're going to now, Privet Hedge painted that image on the wall of the living room. So it may still be there underneath whatever wallpaper or paint went over the top of it. Oh, that would be a good find. Yeah. Uh, Imagine finding that. And you'd be like, what on earth is this? Some weird cult. Yeah, who used to live here? Yeah. Um, so we're not far. We're near Sanya, and then you can wee soon. All these houses, they all lived near to each other, didn't they? Yeah. Actually, it it wasn't that close of a bike ride. It was. Not that close. It took us five minutes in the car. I reckon that was that. this would take about half an hour by bike. No, it wouldn't. If you'd taken acid, maybe four <laughs> okay, hours. Yeah, well, yeah, so that should be a new Olympic sport. The Olympics, but on acid. Everyone takes acid first. I'd watch that. That'd be more interesting than the regular Olympics. Can you imagine curling while they're all on acid? I think that might be a bit dangerous. Yeah, curling up into a ball. Right, Ingram Ave. What number is it, Sonia? You've got a piece of paper. It is... 41. 41. So this is another... Very nondescript street with very boring houses. Sorry to all the people that live in them, but they're not rock star houses. What does a rock star house look like to you? Well, either like an absolute shit pile or a mansion. Yeah. Or and these are neither. No, these are just normal houses of the sort that we live in, for we are not rock stars. Uh. Oh, wait, number 26. God, this is a long road. See, he's still cycling. Yeah, that's true. He's cycling down this road. It's quite flat, though, isn't it? It's flat, but remember, he was on acid. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't flat to him. It was, like, looping the loop and stuff. <laughs> oh, these hills are so steep. Oh, uh, right. Can, uh, 170. 170. God, this is a long road. 164. 97. We're getting closer. What was it? 41? Yep. 91. It's quite, it's quite quiet and pretty. It's very peaceful around here. It's, it's quite Rothers, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I can imagine him living around here. Uh, 67. I'm assuming it goes around here. No, it's up there. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no, the papers. Oh, my God, the papers, the papers. 100. Okay, that's... 106. You've taken a wrong turn. Now there's a school. 
I've turned the car off as well. This is all going wrong. The papers have fallen. I've taken a wrong turn into a school. I'm turning around now. The I'm house does turn. not want us to find it. It's haunted. The haunting of Rother's house. How about that Gill Cottage, eh? That, yeah, Do you reckon I know. we found a piece of Marillion history there? Who, but didn't they write the haunting of Gill Cottage before Fish Gill joined? House. Yeah, well, exactly, but they were, it's an Aylesby band. 59, that would, 57, we're getting close. Oh, we're getting closer. Uh, 51, 51, 49. 49. We can count. 45. There it is. 41. 41. It's got a big Christmas tree outside. There we go. Rother's right. lived in there. All right. There's no point getting out, is there? There's a bus stop on the corner there of Wellback Avenue. Now, the next one is the big one. This is our last house and then you can go and have a wee before we go into the market square hooray hooray yeah Aylesbury's quite a nice place it's quite a, a quiet kind of chill place it's not it's not the kind of place where I can imagine rock bands choosing to leave or like I can't I can't understand at the moment why it's considered the center of prog rock well not just prog I mean lots of bands played here like talking heads and the Cure and people like that, but it was it was the Friars Club that would put bands on, and the Friars Club was legendary. Uh, and, a, and the people that ran it were real music lovers, so they get you know, is it Dave Stops who briefly I think managed Marillion in the early days because Fish begged him to. He wasn't a manager, but Fish begged him to. Right. And it was Dave Stops I think who first got them on EMI's radar, booked them their first gig at the Marquee. But he was a. Uh, but it, why? How did it start in 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 Aylesbury? Because well, back in looking the 60s. around, it's just this peaceful little town. Or is it a town or a city? Oh, I think you. I, I mean, it's actually it's not that small. It's quite it's not big. A it's a town. It's a um, market town. But the, you've hit upon it there because in the sixties, you know, what else was there to do? Okay, you're bored. Well, no bands come here. Well, okay, I'm going to start promoting gigs. Right, so that it was to draw in the bands. Yeah, so Aston Clinton. So this is sorry, this is part of Aylesbury, Aston Clinton. Um, this where we're headed now is where Fish first met the rest of the band. Uh, him and Diz drove down from uh, drove down from Scotland. So they'd heard of Aylesbury up in Scotland. No, what had happened is um, the rest of the band needed a vocalist stroke bassist. Right. Uh, and they were only expecting one person, but Fish was a vocalist, couldn't play any instruments, but happened to be friends with a bassist. They'd been trying to form bands themselves for a time and got nowhere uh, because they were, you know, we know Fish was driven. He wanted to make a career of it. Um, and Marillion put, put an ad in a music paper, which Fish happened to see, and he rang them up from a call box and uh, turned up in this blue van that him and Diz had. You're saying that literally as we drive past a blue van. Oh, right. Okay, what number do we want? 64? 64. All oh, right, we're right by it. It's 56, 58. Right. There it is, there. 64. Wow, okay. Oh, wow. We're going to turn around and park literally right outside. Um, right near a little pub called the, Roths the Rothschild Arms. Right. Yes, I'll bet that got some use. If it was there back then. Cute little pub. Uh, actually, I don't know if I can park outside. 
Um, but that's fine, we'll get out. Actually, I'll get in there. Can I get in there? Yeah, I'll get in there. Now, 64 does look like oh. a rock and roll kind of house. Does it? Yes. Okay, if you say so. Yeah, you'll see what I mean. All right, we're parking here. So let's just read out a little bit about how Fish joined Marillion. All right, can I read his quote? No. Well, you really didn't want to let that piece of paper go. <laughs> I, I tried to take it out of your hands and you were gripping that. I wanted to read you the Fish quote. You were gripping that like a miser. Because I'm so good at reading. Um, okay, so Fish said... I'd met up with the bassist Dismin in Retford, Lincolnshire, and spent six months trying to form a band before we gave up. Just as it all seemed to be over, Diz used one of our last coins to, fo to phone. Foin? <laughs> coin to foin? <laughs> he used a coin to foin, a number given in an advertisement placed in a weekly music paper. Bassist slash vocalist required. Diz talked to them. Diz talked them into taking two members. And tapes were exchanged along with the oblig obligatory. Is that how you say it? Yeah, it's good enough. Oblig how do you say it? Obligatory. Ob obligatory <laughs> bullshit on how well both parties were making out and what connections and levels of success we had acquired. The gig was on, and when we both eventually pulled up in the blue van outside of 26 Western Road. Oh, we're, in the, uh, we're, we're outside the wrong house. <laughs> we're outside the wrong house. Why have I written 64 at the top? Oh, <laughs> okay. We've got to go hey, back. Hey, it might be where that blue van is. Okay, it's, I doubt Whoa. it's. The, okay, we'll go back to twenty six. Anyway, so when they pulled up in out the outside of twenty six Western Road, nobody knew what to expect. Oh, twenty six is over there, is it? That's that's thirty one and thirty five. There, we'll find it. Don't we'll worry. find it. But as far as we were concerned, we were totally committed to this band. We had no other options, and there was no return. We drifted to the pub and talked warily over, over a clutch of warm pints. Present were Mick Pointer, drummer and founder member of the band, previously known as Silmarillion, guitarist Steve Rothery, who'd come down from Whitby in Yorkshire to join the band in 1979, keyboard... Keyboard? Keyboard player Brian Jellyman... <laughs> Band manager Guy Hewison, there's ah, his surname. Okay. Guy Hewison, okay, you've got to remember that. And all round roadie and sound engineer Chris Privet Hedge. Diz and I couldn't work out initially who was who and who did what. Brian owned the PA and had a Ford Capri. We had a van. Guy rented a house where Steve, Priv, and Diz and I were to spend the next six months or so and was obviously the band's friend and fan and General Dog's Body, who was taking care of the business and booking side that nobody else could or would do. That would soon change, but first Diz and I had to pass a formal audition at the band's rehearsal room slash demo studio that they had hired. Next day, we trundled in and Diz got through his run-through while I recorded vocals for the first time, singing my newly written lyrics entitled The Web over an existing band composition written and performed with Doug Irvine singing a few scant verses of lyric. The song was called Close. Close. Oh, I got it wrong again. The song was <laughs> called Close and sounded to my ears like Camel. I'd received a tape in Scotland and worked one of my existing lyrics around it. It was the first time the crying jester was mentioned. 
an image I identified with as a fat teenager who turned class comedian at school to deflect an endless barrage of taunting from fellow classmates. The results of this early demo made everyone realise immediately that we had something magical. That night, our dreams were changed. No, our dreams were charged. (laughs) Steve and I sitting up till the wee hours going through the existing material and working through the possibilities of what we could salvage to create a brand new set, which the new lineup required to begin an assault on the London record companies. After days in the studio and lots of days of rehearsals in the cottage in Aston Clinton... That's here. That's here where Fish and Diz moved in with Marillion's sound engineer, Chris Privet Head. This is, this is, the, fit, is this the end of the quote? <laughs> <laughs> I think this What's is going new, on? I think this is a separate section. Because it's not by Fish anymore. Yes, it is. Oh, is it? Oh, enough. Where Fish and Diz moved in with Marillion's oh, sound this, engineer. Yeah, it might be a different quote. It might be uh, part of the book. I Christopher Privet Hedge. Their roadie slash manager, Guy Hewison and Stephen Rothery... They had succeeded in accumulating what was considered to be a proper live set and they were then certain that the only right thing for them to do was to start moving towards a proper career in music. For Fish in particular, his job as the front man in Marillion finally was a dream come through and he immediately began to enthusiastically work as the band's manager and PR agent. So, uh, it's just a quick quote from Mark. He said, It was a particularly bad winter when I moved into the cottage in Aston Clinton. Steve, Diz and Privet had all moved out, having found better accommodation elsewhere. Fish and Guy were still living there. It wasn't bad as long as you remembered before using the toilet to break the ice. Oh, God. Otherwise, it would overflow and flood the bathroom when flushed. We sometimes had our equipment set up in the living room when it wasn't in the van. It wasn't always possible to hire the local village hall for rehearsal and writing sessions. Right. Okay, let's head back down the road to... to... Number 26. It should be close, because yeah. there, there was close. 31 so down That's there. what they named the song after. Oh, maybe, because <laughs> it was close by. Yeah. They should have called it that. Close by. Okay. Uh, it'll be this side that we're on. All right. Was it 26? Yeah. 30... 26, there, there it is. There it is. There it is. Oh, that does not look rock and roll. It's got a bunch of a... fake yellow flowers in a vase in the window. Yeah. Maybe it's... they're rotting in the vase. And it's got May Cottage written on it. I'm just going to go and take a quick photo. Yep. And uh, then we'll head to our hotel. But we've seen it. It's a bog-standard kind of terraced cottage. Pretty little terraced cottage. A bit like cottage. the one we used to live in. Little bit. It's that sort of vintage Sort of, yeah. It's quite a big road, though, isn't it? Bungalows on one side. It's a busier road than the previous house. Yes. Rothers' house. Imagine they used to rehearse that. Must have driven the neighbours mad. I don't know. I mean, all of these houses are very kind of packed closely together. Yeah. So I think wherever they lived, they would have driven the neighbours mad. Yeah, without a doubt. Right, back in one second. Okay. We're just driving to our hotel now, so Sanya can have her wee before we go and check out the Market Square of Heroes fame. Um, but I was just saying to off mic that it's it's just weird to think those songs that mean so much to so many people sort of started in such ordinary places, really. Yeah, but I like that. I love that. Yeah. You know, great stuff can happen anywhere but it sort of rams home just how they were just hopeful kids 
basically once upon a time and how you know there were kids with dreams like so many others and some get lucky and some don't mm-hmm. and I think with them they hit at the right time because I think Prog had been away or at least outside the consciousness for long enough that that there was a hunger for it again and to a, a generation coming up in the wake of punk who, who didn't identify with sort of punk or new wave that all the sort of imagery the face paint the complex complexity of the music seemed, seemed new and different because it did when I got into the band I didn't know there'd been music like that before you know I didn't know Marillion were part of this new prog renaissance or anything like that I just thought wow no other music sounds like this you know yeah. the, the genesis I knew when I was sort of that age you know 14 or whatever were pop band basically no one else did that that sort of stuff really or at least certainly no one did it to the point that they got successful enough that they got on my radar mm. uh, but what a place Aylesbury you know it's just sort of a nice quiet little country oh it's lovely town. I love Aylesbury it looks like a great place to live yeah yeah it's alright no it's nice it's better than alright yeah it's fine it's clean. It's clean. It's pretty. She says it's as we're quiet. driving past, like a massive load of kind of roadworks and <gasps> construction. Oh, they're improving the road. What are they doing with that big digger? I think they're digging, Paul. Digging for worms. <laughs> um, yeah, that was all I really wanted to say. You know, it was so. This is site I've wanted to do for years come and see all these places and on one level they're really boring but on another but on another level, level it's yeah. fascinating yeah. it's absolutely fascinating to think that these guys who went on to do such marvelous things and explore the world and play huge venues in all the major cities of the world yeah came from such everyday beginnings I uh circling back to my dad god bless him for a moment when I was a kid we went on a family holiday to Scotland stay with friends who are up there um, and we drove it's the one and only time we drove all the way out there because they live in a little town called Goldsby right up in the far north of Scotland on the on the east coast um, and we drove but on the way back I remember asking if we could do a detour through Dalkeith where fish had grown up. Oh, wow. And I remember at the time it was a bit, ah, okay, thanks for taking that sort of slight hour tour. <laughs> he did it. He actually yeah, did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, But it wasn't very exciting. <laughs> it was just like a town Normal like any other. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't expect these places to look particularly you know magical or anything like that i prefer that they don't look magical because it's like you know like we've just said it shows that great things can come from the most ordinary circumstances but i tell you what's happened over the years and this is mainly from fish when he's talked about these places because a lot of these addresses i got from interviews with fish because he's quite happy to sort of mention the addresses <laughs> oh, no. uh he's, he's put them all on the map quite literally uh, is he the way he writes 
and this is probably the same for how he writes in lyrics, you know, in his about his personal life. Everything is sort of slightly romanticised. Right. You know, when okay. you actually go there, you go, it's just a place, isn't it? You know. Um, but but the, that's not how he experienced it. Yeah, or that isn't how he wants people to think of it. I mean, you know, look at this road we're driving down. It's just like any other British residential street, isn't it? Yes, Paul. Yeah, well, no, yes, but I'm thinking to you it is, but maybe to him it wasn't. Because he was on acid. Well, yeah, there <laughs> were dra- dragons. I'm and joking, I'm joking. Flying around. Yeah, that's all. So, yeah. That's all I had to say about it. So, the next place um, is, uh, is going to be the Market Square. We're also going to take a look at the church and the graveyard and perhaps a couple of the pubs. Ah, that the band frequented all around the Market Square which the Market Square of course as we know lent its name to the song Market Square Heroes yes can't wait good also can't wait for my Wii hey we're just coming up to the Market Square in Aylesbury which of course the band took a lot of early press photos in it's where they had their reunion in 2007 wasn't really a reunion it was some friends getting together to mess about and where we sort of are now is more or less where the one of the friars locations used to be where they played a lot of gigs oh they had more than one location we moved around ah uh, oh i see it I was see. more like a night rather than uh, okay. a venue it wasn't yeah, a venue that's cool. in love itself maxwell hall was one is it the vale hall all part of sort of uh, the civic center which isn't there anymore huh. okay let's head on up so, welcome to the morning after the night before. Our tour <laughs> got a little bit curtailed after we last spoke to you because we went to the King's Head. Was it the King's Head? Yes, yeah. the Haunted Pub. The Haunted Pub, haunted by the ghost of a tall man wearing a hat. Mm, a did month. you see him? No, he left the band in 1988. <laughs> oh. oh. Uh, uh, Yes, it, it, I mean, there wasn't much to say about it anyway, other than the fact that I think it was one of their drinking establishments and it was a, known as a bit of a local Aylesbury Musos pub. Ah, oh, nice, it, nice yeah. pub. Nice pub. We sat in the courtyard. Yeah, I mean, we went inside for, uh, briefly. It has a lot of character. It's yes. Got a nice, cosy atmosphere. Yes, but it's very old. Yeah, look, it looked ancient. So we ended up there uh, and met our mates and one thing led to another and we didn't record again <laughs> so, as, as, as you do so uh, we, ha- we had the gig last night which I'm going to say it now I think that's in one of my top five Meridian gigs yeah it was brilliant brilliant perfect Every, set list oh my goodness H's voice was like on top form it was absolutely flawless but it seemed to be better than ever yeah it was just it just flowed as a set for me uh, and you know there are a few songs in there that I haven't played in a while that used to be in the set quite a lot because they're, they're considered classics. Um, you know, and it just shows you, you know, when you've got those songs in there. Which song are you talking about? I know you don't want to <laughs> say it, but uh, uh, can you just give me a clue okay? Spoilers for the next thirty seconds. Afraid of sunlight and great escape. Ah, spoilers end. And sorry, spoilers are com- coming back again. Yes somewhere else and somewhere else yeah but that that's a lesser played song right Afraid of Sunlight and Great Escape always used to be in the set oh okay for a long while Um, but of course because where we were 
yesterday, uh, we got Market Square Heroes. Yeah. In fact, it was, uh, I mean, there was slightly bizarre <laughs> intro to it because we had um, Dave Stops, who was, uh, again, as we mentioned yesterday, uh, briefly managed Meridian and he, used to, and he ran for Friars and I don't know if I'm presuming he still does because he introduced them on stage as he always does in Aylesbury and then uh, he, he came out and presented them with the FA Cup which I believe stood for the Friars Aylesbury Cup and Meridian were the first recipients of it ever and do you know what like what does what does one do to receive the FA Cup I think you have to just be a local legend Ah. I imagine. It wasn't really very well explained. H did seem a little bit confused by what was going on. Not not least <laughs> I think be- everyone was a bit confused. <laughs> not least because the mayor of Aylesbury came out as well to I don't know what was going on. There was a big check. There was the cup and the mayor and Dave stops and it all seemed a bit confusing. I think the check was for the food bank because there was a collection yes, happening yes. outside. Yeah, but how does the check work? Because you, you know, well, they can use the cheque to support the food bank. Uh, no one explained it. It was no, the cheque was paid payable. I saw on it, it said it was payable to Aylesbury. It wasn't like Aylesbury Food Bank. Oh, I mean, also it's a I big, don't know. big novelty uh, look, cheque. I'm sure, I'm sure they know. Anyway, what doesn't was matter. Going on. <laughs> doesn't matter. We had a brilliant night. It was exactly we what did. we needed. Yes. Um, we saw our mates. We met quite a few of you, Kester. Uh, Martin, Thought Park. Um, Whose letter I did find, it just, it's going in the next run of letters. Yeah, Andy and, um, was that everyone? No. I, I'm really bad with names. The chap in the King's Head who said hello, who I did, whose name I didn't get. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that was everyone. Oh, no, there was one other guy. Sorry, but this is the trouble when you start mentioning Yeah, names. exactly. It was lovely meeting everyone. Yeah, but that's all you bear needed in mind, to when, say. By the point at which we started meeting people, we had quite a lot to drink. Well, no, you'd had quite a lot to well, drink. You've got a worse hangover than me this morning. Yeah, but I just get hangovers from, like, thinking about having a glass of wine. Anyway, brilliant, brilliant gig. Uh, yeah, brilliant absolutely. Night. Flawless, amazing, loved every song. Yeah, um... But talking to Market Square Heroes, which they finished the set with beautifully last night, mm-hmm. where we are currently sat in the car is outside St. Mary's Church in Aylesbury. This graveyard in front of us is where Fish wrote the lyrics for Market Square Heroes. Wow. As he said, um, Market Square Heroes was originally titled UB2001 as a reference to the unemployment statistics at the time. The lyric was about a would-be revolutionary with all the necessary charisma and presence of a leader without direction or goals, just a sense of frustration and anger. It was heavily influenced by the riots taking place all over England in the summer of 81. The lyric was written in St Mary's Graveyard in Aylesbury on the come down from an acid trip again and was completed as dawn came up and a ring of policemen moved in on my girlfriend and I who were acting suspiciously. Oh no! <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah. So, so he had to ride it on the fly as he was being surrounded by the police. Chased by the police. <laughs> for acting suspiciously. <laughs> so there we go. In that graveyard there, Sonia, wow. right in front of us. It's, it's it's not a huge graveyard. Well, we haven't got out the car to look yet. Okay. You, you're looking at one corner of it. Remember how you sort of said, oh, the, 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 uh, the canal isn't there. No, I because said, you couldn't I didn't concurrently say, see it I because believe, it was obscured by trees. I believe the words I used were something like the canal isn't that close to us. You, you, 
that. I'm not getting into it again. This is insanity. Insanity. It was literally right in front of us on the on the. And map. yet it wasn't visible. Because there were things in the way. Right, look, can you see my eyes now? I've covered them with my hand. Are my eyes actually there? Are they further away or are they just obscured? <laughs> They're further away. <laughs> yeah. Right, should we just get out and have a quick look at this graveyard? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be like everywhere else. It's just normal. It's just like a normal place. <laughs> Did anything happen in the church? Well, probably lots of things have happened over the years in the church. No, but... I mean anything Marillion related. No, like what? What would, what would have happened in the church? No, lyric was written in the church. No, this is all I've got. Okay. This was written in the graveyard. He didn't do it. The graveyard's pretty cool. When I was a kid, I tell you, it was like, you know, Fish would mention drugs and stuff like that. And, and they go, oh, drugs, drugs, he, drugs. And then <laughs> as I've got older, it's like, oh, you twat. Oh, poor. Well, romanticising your drug use. Was he romanticising it? Yes, look he's how he's written it. Look he's how he's written it. The, the lyric was written, on the come down from an estuary from his computer as dawn came up and a ring of policemen moved in on my girlfriend and I who were acting. A ring of policemen. Right, I once... It was like one policeman. I, that, I... That meandered to him in a sort of roundabout way. It happened to me. Literally that scenario happened to me. I wasn't writing a lyric. My friend and I had climbed over the gate into the park one night and we were sat on the swings. Right. Uh, and a ring of policemen moved in on us because we were acting suspiciously. Literally that. I'm oh, like, well then why are you making fun of him? Because I wouldn't have put it in those words. Like, Well, how would you have said it? Uh, well, just differently. I'm no, come on, I'm I want to know tired. now. I'm tired. I, I want to know how you would have improved upon his sentence. I, have... I think that was a perfectly fine sentence. Very descriptive. With a, a bit of emotion injected into it. Well, they okay. Well, mine was more exciting because they ran at us. They literally charged <laughs> a us. A ring of so you'd improve his sentence by saying a ring of policemen ran at us. We were right. We, okay, here's the full story. Right, my mate had bought because you know we weren't drug boys. Actually, he was later, but um, but he bought some special herbal cigarettes. They were literally herbal cigarettes. Right, <laughs> legal kind of. Yeah. And uh, we were sat on the swings. Um, and, I mean, I think he was smoking. I don't think I was smoking any of them. I mean, they came in this little box, like nice presentation box. This was back in, like, 88 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we were sat on the swings uh, while, he, while he had a funny cigarette, but it wasn't the drug cigarette. Right. And then the police, we, we heard a police... Um, you must have been there quite a while to give well, time for the police no, to arrive. No, here's what happened as we found out when the policeman stopped us. Apparently, the cricket pavilion was being vandalised earlier in the evening and someone had called the police. So our timing was bad. They thought you were the vandals. Yes. Uh, But my mate, because he had this box of these suspicious-looking cigarettes, uh, legged it and dropped dropped them as he was running. He went and got them the next day, he told me. Um, but literally, we we started walking fast, and then we we could see more and more police sort of surrounding us. Oh my us. goodness! And then um, we started speeding up our walking, and then the police. We then we saw them fully. They came out of the the trees. They were uh, hiding in the trees. No, 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 not like monkeys. Not like Tarzan. No, I was like swinging out like they were behind hi- the trees. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking they were hiding behind the trees but still within the <laughs> you're picking up on the wrong the detail yeah i thought they were like they were hiding in order to jump out at you well they was they were creeping along the edges of the park wow and then we started running and then 
I'm not exaggerating like Fishwood. Uh, <laughs> you don't know if he was exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating like Fishwood. 30 police suddenly charged us from behind. And as we were running to the um, exit, another kind of 10 or 15 kind of came from the front at us. Oh, my God. That's a lot uh, of For these two, like, teenage boys and grabbed us. Oh, there, where are you going? Stop right there. Um, <laughs> I remember he said to me, why did you run? Yeah, what are you doing here? We're like, nothing. Why did you run then? I said, well, because we were being chased by like, a load of <laughs> a load of men. <laughs> he actually went, fair enough. <laughs> they let us go because they just looked in, I don't know, I think my mate had a bag that had like his Walkman in it or something. Oh, and a, okay. and a baseball cap. Yeah. Having dropped his funny little box of pretend drugs. Right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> anyway, should, wow. should we get out and have a look at this? Uh, yeah, let's do it. This we're not going to have a lot to say. You can't see it. I'll take a photo of it. We'll pull it on Facebook. But it's just like all the houses, just normal, just normal place. Okay, <laughs> it's just a normal place. It's what happens within the normal place that counts. Yes, right. Let's go. We're driving again. Apologies for the car noise. For those of you who are allergic to the sound of driving, Anthony, for instance, who moaned about our bonus episode on our Patreon where we were in the car. Said it made his ears bleed. Well, good. <laughs> That's what we intended. So, what did you think of the graveyard at St Mary's, Sanya? It was. Um, it was a graveyard, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Outside a church, quite a run-down graveyard. Yeah, some of the graves look like veggie patches. That's a bit bit insensitive, Sanya. Why? They were literally mounds <laughs> no of way dirt. To talk like, about the looks, deceased. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was a bit run down. There was actually a service going on in the church. We could hear the music. You could hear the organ. They were having their Sunday sing song, as, a, as I believe they were singing they call Market it. Square Heroes. <laughs> Market Square Heroes. Amen. Um, yeah, this is, this is. It's been a lot of fun for us. This little trip. It has. I don't know it's how. Been I, good. I, yeah, but I don't know how interesting any of it's been for the the listeners because they can't see what we're seeing. But what we are seeing most of the time, just not just normal places. Yeah, just, just imagine where you live. <laughs> yeah, imagine yeah. like a church near where you live with a graveyard in its backyard, or yeah. well, I don't know what you call or, it or on its grounds. That's its what backyard. it looks like. Uh, or, or like imagine like a normal house. That's like where the band lived. <laughs> like yeah. Norm, normal Either house. a normal, a normal terraced house or a normal block of flats. Yeah. Uh, then for the pub imagine a normal pub yes an old pub an though. old normal pub yeah there you go uh so yeah so i don't know how successful this has been as an episode frankly but we've had fun driving around what else can we say about last night it was just a lot of fun wasn't it it was a good crowd good crowd of people yeah good energy uh i thought rother's guitar during Market Square Heroes was exceptional. Oh, of course. They've got Louis... Louis oh, my gosh. Yes, on, they, uh, they've got a sixth member of the band for this tour. Yes, well, I, I Yes, and believe. we have we have um, a, a, a disagreeing opinions. Well, you you have a disagreeing opinion with all of us. I could hear it. With all of our friends. I really... I even specifically had the thought, wow, I really appreciate the percussion in this gig because okay. it's adding a lot of texture to what, the sound what I found the music. interesting is that when you listen, listed all the things 
that he contributed, you listed three things, and they were the three things I could hear him do, which was play the triangle You once. have to listen. I was listening. We were trying really hard to hear no, it. Oh, oh, over your talking? We weren't talking. We don't do that. <laughs> I whispered a couple of times to Anthony during the gig. A couple of times I whispered. <laughs> uh, I, literally, you couldn't... You know, I'm sure he's very talented and all the rest of it, but... No, but sad to he say, is. I loved it. I thought it was great. Sad to say... I really couldn't hear why he was contributing. So Well, I could and I thought it it added a lot of texture and interest to the music. It didn't and take away from it other than I felt he was a little bit distracting at the back of the stage. It wasn't any more distracting than any other person. Well he was distracting because you're not used to seeing him. Okay. It was a bit like Friends from the Orchestra when they did that tour. There were only a few times when you could really hear what the extra instruments were adding to it. Yes, I agree with you on that. I couldn't really hear the orchestra. At, that was at the Royal Albert Hall. Yes. Uh, the first time, first right? Time, yeah. um, and that's why this time I really listened out to see if I could hear the percussion and thought, oh, well thank goodness they've upped the volume on his microphones well I don't I don't know because there were a few times I thought oh okay I like that sound and then I looked and it was actually that sound was coming from Ian um, and not from is it Lewis oh I'm not sure yeah. um, but I thought he was great he had a lot of energy you know he, he was certainly quite uh a character. He looks like he's a lot of fun to be around. Yeah, he looks like a cool dude. <laughs> okay. So that's brought us up to date. That's brought us up to date with Marillion history. We've kind of done the past. We've seen their latest and final gig. Uh, the final time they'll ever play Miss, uh, Market Square Heroes. What? What are you saying? <laughs> I was just waiting to no. see you react. We... <laughs> you weren't. You would, you'd zoned out, hadn't you? Cancel uh, and delete that. Um, I hope this hasn't been an absolute shambles. I mean, it normally is, isn't it? It's us. Yeah, but with added car sound this time. Added car sound and added sounds of us driving around places and just going, yeah, that's not very interesting. It's just, just a place. Um, uh, so, yeah, I hope it hasn't been unlistenable, but, you know, it's just one episode, isn't it? <laughs> just one ep. Uh, yep. So anyway, so this is this is is this episode ninety seven? Wow, we're getting close to one hundred. We've got to decide what we're doing for one hundred. Oh my goodness! Given that we had an idea the other week, get drunk was the idea. That was one of the ideas. Get drunk. I mean, I think it might need a little bit more structure than that. It does need more structure. Just a little than that. bit more. We did have an idea and we didn't write it down, so that's good going. Yeah, great. <laughs> Quiz? Maybe the idea was doing this tour. Well, we've yeah, I don't know. And now we've done it. I so what can we yeah. do now instead? We'll, I, we'll, we'll come up with something special. It's 100. 100 episodes. 100 episodes. That's amazing. That's pretty something, isn't it? 100 episodes it took us to get blacklisted by the band. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a, we're going past, there's a big fire in a field, isn't there? Yep. They're not burning back the, you know, the crops or whatever it is the farmers do no there's a fire engine there mm-hmm. putting it out yeah 
Right, everyone, thank you for joining us on this ramshackle road trip. We're really on location, saying is yawning, that's how much she's enjoying, <laughs> enjoying herself. Just very sleepy. Hungover. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's be uh, honest. Tell people about us, subscribe, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, that would be nice. Even just like, like, not iTunes, what is it, Apple Podcasts? That's it. Just just leave leave like a, like five stars, because that's what we deserve. <laughs> five stars. Yeah. Not not two stars like some people have left, or one star like a few people have. Uh, I mean, let's face it, that's because of me. Well, it's <laughs> not all. Oh, look at that. A lot of, a lot a lot of, of smoke, smoke from the fire. Um, no, no, I'm Marmite. I know that. So uh, we'll be back next week. I'm not sure what we're doing next week. We'd, well, we would have seen them at Hammersmith, won't we? Yes, we're seeing them at Hammersmith next Friday. Hope to see some of you there. Sorry the car went over a bump then, got noisy. Uh, so we'll see some of you in Hammersmith, I hope. And uh, we'll be back next week with something fun. Yeah. Okay, take care everyone. All right, have Bye. a good week everyone. Bye.